Penn State football is back on commitment watch, and it's time we finally find out if the Nittany Lions are going to land four-star defender Jalen Harvey. You are Locked On Nittany Lions, your daily podcast on the Penn State Nittany Lions, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, that is right. You are Locked On Nittany Lions. Thanks so much for making us your first listen and watch every single day. We're free and available wherever you get your podcast. part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Where does your team every single day? My name is Zach Seiko. I am the host of the show. We're officially on Commitment Watch, and that's why we're bringing in the recruiting expert himself, Locked On's own Brian Smith, also publisher for Fan Nation All Hurricanes. Brian, it is great to have you back on because we've devoted how many segments to this now we've de- devoted how much time to it and it feels like it's finally coming to fruition a Jalen Harvey commitment date has been set for Friday and we're simply going off a high school kids tweet uh really you could look at it cryptically right uh but he just simply tweets out in all caps Fry or X's. I don't I don't even know if I'm using the right <laughs> verbiage here. He posts. He posts simply the word Friday in all caps. I I checked in with my sources over at happyvalleyinsider.com. The idea is that he is going to actually commit on Friday. That would be August 11th. And Penn State still seems to be the favorite in this case. So after all this waiting, after all this procrastinating, pushing the date back, look, I get it. Do your due diligence, man. I totally understand. But now we're finally here, and my confidence isn't as strong as it was a year ago, six months ago, three months ago, uh, and now here we are in the present. I mean, there are just some tough contenders here for the for the likes of Jalen Harvey. I still like Penn State because people who – follow Penn State with me, like Penn State to land Jalen Harvey, but it's going to get interesting in the last minute here. If he doesn't pick Penn State, I mean, I don't know what we'll say because everybody's kind of thought that would be the ending spot. Yeah. But just a, a news flash for people out there. There have been kids all across the country this year pull some surprises, and yeah, it's still 17-year-olds. Keep that in mind before you hit send, regardless of what he does. Yeah, it's a very, a very important point. And if it was Penn State all along, I, I mean, that's good, right? Kudos to Penn State. And this is something the everydayers know this. And I, I want to I want people to let us know in the comments what you think of this class and how much better it can be with Jalen Harvey in it. But for, for Jalen Harvey to commit to Penn State, I mean, Penn State really worked its tail off to, to land this commitment because it, it seemed like that was the destination for the longest time. And then USC... Florida, Maryland really makes its recruiting pitch. Tennessee, like these aren't just some afterthoughts of schools. This is SEC competition. This is now the newly added Big Ten school all the way in California. And we know the NIL that these programs, they they sport, right? These the, this, is, this is the best of the best when it comes to this group. And so I, I'm glad that Penn State was able to go to toe-to-toe, and especially if they win. That's all the more power to Franklin, the coaches, and the recruiting staff on, on winning this one. Yeah, you, you sometimes just have to win slugfests. And this has been a long, drawn-out 15-round <laughs> boxing match. I think yeah. that's one way to look at it. Uh, I loved boxing when I was a kid. But it, it's interesting because he could have picked Penn State earlier. He could have picked USC earlier. He's kind of waited for whatever reason. I'm hoping that he gives some commentary after the decision. Right. Regardless, this is why. 
So we don't have to speculate about this anymore. What took so long? Was it a coaching situation? Was it thinking mm-hmm. about going from home? Whatever it is, I would just like to know too, because it seems like he was going to commit to Penn State a long time ago. And, and Brian, from what you know, and all all the commitments and the coaches and just the the recruiting staff members that you have talked to, remind us there it wasn't there isn't really any any indication out there other than the fact that. Penn State just has a really good relationship with Harvey, and they always had all along. I mean, for what it's worth, Jalen Harvey's been very quiet about this whole recruiting process. Is that that's the case, right? Yeah, that's not a kid that you hear a lot about, and it's a kid that's ranked highly and has a gazillion mm-hmm. offers, and he's a position that's very important. He's an edge guy. Yeah. All of those things scream interviews, but he just you know he doesn't do a ton of them, and he's not a guy that gives a lot of information out. So when, you know, again, to your point, he puts out a one word tweet. (laughs) I mean, that's not exactly the most informative way of announcing something, but it is what it is. So I hope again, that he explains himself as to who, what, when, where, and why, if he does that, we're good, but I'm very curious. And no time frame attached with that too. Just, just Friday. August. You oh, just have yeah. to assume. You just, you just have to assume it's August 11th, right? Was he talking about the following Friday? I mean, we assumed it was just a couple of days from now, but uh, no time frame involved where where this is going to be made. Right? Uh, a, a man of few words here, Jalen Harvey. But let, let's talk about his profile before we move on to wide receiver. So we go from pass rush, defensive ends, and defensive line with Deion Barnes, and then we'll go back to wide receiver here. But Jalen Harvey, of course, uh, looking at rivals, a 5.8 four-star, listed as an outside linebacker. If you look other places, he's look he's listed as an edge. This is someone that can play defensive end. He's six two, 235. All right, that's really good size for a high school senior. Uh, and he might even end up being six three, six four when all is said and done because some people have concerns about him being a defensive end given his height. I don't see the concerns. That's just my opinion. But when he's listed as an edge, could he end up being that next in line to wear number 11 or at least play that role? Number 11 is a sacred number for Penn State. You don't just hand that to anybody but the position is still there. You want him to be that number 11 if he's going to end up taking on that position. But still, the, you don't need the number to play the position. Let me, let me just put that simply. So he can be that off-ball, off-ball linebacker, that free rusher that Abdul Carter, Micah Parsons ha- have grown into very well. And so Jalen Harvey has options when it comes to Penn State, even either being someone off the edge, hand in the dirt, rushing the quarterback straight up field, or being that strategic freelance defender rushes, drops back into coverage, and just lays the boom on every single play. So I like Jalen Harvey purely as a prospect. Brian, what else can we add about him? Basically, he's a kid that can do the things you mentioned, and I also think he can play early. Okay. In today's world, I mean, I hate saying it like this, but a lot of coaches recruit based off a word that's become in vogue with recruiting, and that's polish. I'm not saying he has all the pass rush moves down. I'm, I'm not. Mm-hmm. But he's a little more advanced than some kids. And with his natural twitchiness and ability to hit with power, as you mentioned a moment ago, he's going to play pretty early wherever he goes. So there's a reason that Penn State has been patient with him. There's a reason that Florida offered him and Southern Cal, et cetera. His upside is not only long-term, it's short-term too. He can be a really good player pretty quick. And we, this is obviously not groundbreaking news, but 
Penn State will will benefit from this. Currently, they're ranked 10th in the rivals rankings as a team. That would be the 25th commit and fully expect him to to be someone that's going to be a Nittany line in the class of 2024. So finishing up the summer, right? This is really the last commitment watch for Penn state uh, going into the fall. And that's what we're going to finish up in the final segment. Now, the next segment, Rico Scott, someone the everydayers will remember, Brian, we discussed it uh, quite a bit, especially just the, the rumors that Alabama might not be willing to push for him. If push comes to shove, there's, there's an update to that. We're going to talk about that in just a sec, but I want to thank today's sponsor of the show, and that is LinkedIn Jobs. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. LinkedIn Jobs gets that. You want to be 100% certain you have the access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you got to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. It's easy to create a free job post on LinkedIn Jobs. All you got to do is add your job, then the purple hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you are hiring. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you would like to interview and then ultimately hire. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus the leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the most qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash LockedOnCollege. That is LinkedIn.com slash LockedOnCollege to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. And Locked On Nittany Lions is your go-to podcast for Happy Valley Insider. Check them out, happyvalleyinsider.com. Penn State rivals all the latest with Penn State football recruiting still going on. It is never going away, even though fall camp is officially underway, media day in the books for Penn State and West Virginia. Oh, so close. Penn State, I think, will have a lot of fun in that season opener. And Brian, you got some exciting stuff going on as well. Where can people keep up with what you do individually? Sure. Um, I'm the publisher at All Hurricanes, and you can find me on Twitter. You can find me on YouTube and Instagram at FBScout underscore Florida. Obviously, the conference realignment talk <laughs> has been my focus. Uh, ACC, yeah. Big 12, every, everybody's impacted. Yep. So it's pretty wild times right now. And Florida State and Clemson are, are the next rumored pair to join the Big Ten potentially, or the ACC and the Big 12 merging the pack or the remainder of the Pac-12, the Pac-4. Uh, it, it all gets it all gets very interesting, and I'm sure we're going to discuss it at a, at a future time, Brian. Rico Scott, who is verbally committed to Alabama, someone we brought up quite a bit, uh, and his recruitment at least gets an interesting part of the storyline here. So Stone Saunders, I've watched this kid play. I actually really like him a lot, but Penn State doesn't didn't seem to like him enough. In-state player, goes to Bishop McDevitt, just won a state title, absolutely annihilating Aliquippa, one of the best programs in history. Darrell Rivas attended that school and just got inducted to the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Besides the point, but Stone Saunders just committed to Kentucky. Uh, he's going to the SEC. He's a wildcat. Penn State doesn't get him, but they didn't mind you. He didn't. They didn't offer him. Now Stone Saunders is trying to do what other high school recruits do and recruit their teammates. So he said, That's "Hey, right. he said, hey, Rico, you know what to do. Come, come, be a Kentucky Wildcat." And Rico Scott simply responded back with a picture of him and Nick Saban. Well, what do you what do you say to that, man? Um, that's pretty, pretty definitive. <laughs> <laughs> it's an interesting way to respond. Um, 
when Nick Saban puts his claws into somebody, he does a pretty good job of keeping them. Yeah. So it is what it is. I, I mean, I still wouldn't be surprised if he at least showed up in a happy Valley for a visit this fall or somewhere yeah. else. Yeah. Why I mean, not? It's it. Why not? You know, whiteout game or, or whatever. Is Penn state going to give up on him? No. Is a program or two besides Penn state going to give up? Absolutely not. So this is a starting point, not an ending point for Rico Scott's recruitment. Yeah. And, and it will really, it just, I, I hope it gets a little more interesting, but that's pretty, like I said, definitive, the words definitive because Stone Saunders is your quarterback. You guys are graduating together. You've been brought up together through the same high school you've won. You've been to multiple state championships. You just recently won one with your eyes on another in your senior year. And you don't even entertain that thought. Like, that's your brother. That's your boy. <laughs> and you say, nope, I'm, I'm sticking simple work. Uh, picture is a picture's worth a thousand words here, Brian. And, and I think it speaks volumes. I, Again, the, the rumor that came out that said, okay, if Alabama is going to have some experience, some resistance, some turbulence with Rico Scott, then they're going to not necessarily back off, but they're not going to push as hard. I thought that was interesting. But again, that's all speculation. Right. We It's not like Rico or Alabama said that outright. It's just right. it, it's the speculation that that could happen if a state school like Penn State and state kid, they need wide receivers a lot. And you brought this up the last time we spoke too, is that Alabama has really, they have the top two wide receivers in the class of 2025 committed a whole year out. And they have the next best guys. And those are guys that could play right away as freshmen. Yeah. I know both of them. Well, Ryan Williams and Jamie French, those are NFL players. So, so yeah, they're rolling along, but you know what? If Rico Scott thinks he's that good, then he, he shouldn't care. Plus, he's a year ahead. But at the same time, you know, the room's going to get pretty crowded pretty quick. So uh, Ryan Williams was Alabama State Player of the Year as a sophomore. Yeah, <laughs> wrap your head around that. He's, he's pretty special. Yeah. And we'll still put it into perspective for Penn State. There are open spots, okay? And then there was the rumor that Penn State was going to ultimately flip Jalen Hornsby from Texas A&M. He had the visit scheduled. We knew that. We didn't know if he was going to ultimately flip after the visit, but the visit was there. It was a little behind the scenes for the Lash Bash barbecue, and he opted not to go. So there are there are spots for Penn State to take another wide receiver. They're, they're going to push for Rico Scott. They're going to continue to push for Jalen Hornsby. Uh, and and that's where our next segment about the fall goals that Penn State's going to have to set up for the if we're in season recruiting is very important. But I I'm not as bullish as I was on Rico Scott. Just he, he said it first. I don't have to I don't have to believe any rumors at this point and fan any flames. Well, hopefully they can figure it out quickly one way or the other. I mean. I don't know how you finish up wide receiver recruiting. Like we talked, what was it? Six guys as a possibility at wide receiver mm-hmm. at one point. Yeah. That's a lot in one class. Yeah. What's the pecking order? And then what's the timing of it? In other words, do you know a certain kid, his drop dead date to be done with recruiting is like September or October. Yeah. And then where is he on the board? I mean, these yeah. things get pretty complex. So yeah. I, I don't know how long Penn state goes after Rico, if they're going to, how much I would assume, cause he's really good. It's, if you haven't yeah. watched Rico's film, go watch it. 
Um, the same thing with some of these other kids that are recruiting. They're doing what they have to to improve the room. But, I mean, I, I need to see something that solidifies this. Why this kid over this kid or something like early this season. And maybe one of them will have a great start to the fall, and that'll be a kid that Penn State focuses on. I still think six is too many because, I mean, yeah. I just think that leads to transfers. It, it will. I, it will. And it's just – it's that's hard on That's hard for me to accept, so – I hope they can finalize on one or two more and be done. Yeah. But we'll see. I, I hope they can get Jalen Hornsby and Rico Scott. I would lean, if they're going to flip anybody, I would lean Hornsby, uh, as a matter of fact, because he's always someone that's had Penn State high up on his board. For Rico Scott, it felt like Penn State was on the outside looking in, in, in this case. So I now, if they were to land Rico Scott – I think he would be the best wide receiver in this group. That's no disrespect to Peter Gonzalez, Josiah Brown, and Tyzer Denmark. But just from, again, it might be a little biased. I was at that state championship game. I've watched Bishop McDevitt football now, just being around the central Pennsylvania area for, for the past few years. And he's been playing for a long time in his four years, going into his fourth year now, Bishop McDevitt. He is good. He is really good. So I've had enough time to watch him play uh, at the high school level. Uh, all, all of those guys are really good. Marcus Haggins, wide receiver coach for Penn State, has done an incredible job. Now, Rico Scott, along with Jalen Hornsby, are going to be part of the goals that Penn State has set up. Brian, in this final segment, let's discuss just that. In season now, fall camp has begun. That's fine. But strictly with recruiting here, Penn State can use the whiteout, the stripeout, the West Virginia season opener to really make an impact when the weather's nice and get a bunch of recruits on, on campus the, under the lights for the first game of the season. Iowa game, which is a very winnable game. I, I The Penn State-Ohio State game, you're going to have to win some of those. So the obvious ones come to mind. Bring the recruits on for the big profile games, the whiteout, the stripeout, when the weather's nice. Beat Ohio State. Beat Michigan. You have to beat at least one of them because that's who you're going up against. It is one, two, three, back to back to back. Michigan, Ohio State, Penn State, in whatever order. Penn State, clearly the third, but Ohio State and Michigan are, are cycling back and forth in these recruiting rankings for just the Big Ten by itself. So in order to gain some ground, you are now going to have to change the dynamic of the Big Ten East. And I, I'm not here to talk conference realignment. When you're talking about Michigan, Ohio State, Penn State head to head, you are going to have to win one of those games. I think they can beat Ohio State. Michigan, I know it's at home, but Michigan's really good. I, I'd honestly give my chances against the Buckeyes better than the Wolverines. I'll say that. I'll go on record and say that right now. Just I, I don't care what the Vegas spread says. But that's how you do it. Those are those are your tangible goals in order to win recruiting battles in the fall. Win games and, and win them under the lights. If you can have a game where you win against the top five team, it's going to help you immediately. And those are also recruiting rivals, not just Big mm -hmm. Ten rivals. But before you were born, when I first started watching recruiting, <laughs> like Ohio State and Michigan tried to raid the state of Pennsylvania then, too. This is not a newsflash. Yeah. And Penn State would go, like, Kajana Carter is from Columbus. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, these schools all have their reasons for who they recruit, et cetera. You know, there's a few other schools that do well in PA, too. But, I mean, it's those, – those are – Three of the top five, anyway. Pittsburgh and Notre Dame would probably be the other ones. And they all beat up on each other. The ones that do best in recruiting usually do the best on the field. So it's they got to find a way. Maybe, maybe Drew Auer has his coming out moment 
against Michigan? I have no idea. No. I saw him at Elite 11 a few years ago, and I knew he was going to be a special player. Just didn't know when. But uh, they, they got to have one of those to get kids that are the elite players. Those kids want a reason to believe that they're going to a program that is headed to the playoffs consistently, period. This is the time to do it for Penn State. Now, Penn State still has some – if you let's, – let's assume they get Jalen Harvey here. The goals are to add at least one more wide receiver, and I know that Hornsby and Scott – are going to be primary targets, but we don't know how the high school season's going to unfold. Pa- uh, James Franklin's going to fly that little helicopter, land on the football field the day of the game, and watch some players. So think about the seniors that are still making a name for themselves that might be borderline three stars that are really under-recruited, particularly in the state of Pennsylvania, because then James doesn't have to fly the helicopter pretty far to go watch some kids. But if a senior finally really establishes himself. You can do all the work that you want to do at the summer camps. That's nice. That helps Penn State build its profile for you and other schools as well when it comes to recruiting. But Brian, you need to be able to do it in football games. I don't care if you catch a couple passes in practice. Can you do it in a game when someone is trying to outwork you, beat you on that play? And if there's a senior in the state of Pennsylvania, the a name that we aren't exactly familiar with that is a little off the radar right now, I could see not necessarily Rico Scott and Jalen Hornsby, but someone who just has a breakout year for their, had a good junior year, but really expanded upon that their senior season. Penn State's able to get that commitment in November, December for a wide receiver. Are there, is there anything else like as far as positional players or how many recruits they might need that you really think they can do to solidify this class? Because right now rivals has them as 10th here in early August. And there was some skepticism on this podcast if they were going to fall out of the top 10. And right now they're on, they're in the bubble. They're on the bubble right now. And if things don't break their way, so what do they need to, to stick in the top 10? Impact players. Yep. I mean, that's, I mean, it's, it's the forest for the trees here. It is winning big time in your face battles down the stretch. Cause there's only a few kids left they would take. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I mean, if a kid breaks out this fall in Pennsylvania or Maryland or New Jersey or something, okay. But by and large, it's about the big name guys. Harvey this Friday, they're, we're assuming, whatever his Friday post meant, we assume it's this Friday. <laughs> but uh, whatever they can do to get a couple more guys that are the four or five star variety. That's don't waste scholarships, do not hand out project scholarships, save it for next year, use it for the portal, a little of both, whatever it may be. Big time commits down the down the final stretch, and that's it. Well, when you say that, the first players that come to mind: Brian Robinson, defensive end; Nigel Smith, defensive end. Impact players that, the way you phrased it, that aren't project players that aren't going to take. You know, okay, you have to wait till year three for them to really contribute serious snaps. Guys who can come right in, like a Denine and a Sutton, a Nicholas Singleton, a Drew Aller be early enrollee freshmen, and then you're thinking they can either play right away as true freshmen or be that next guy in line as a, as a sophomore, second-year player. Yeah, I mean, it's okay to get developmental players too. Don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. But Penn State's on the cusp of being a team that can play in the playoffs. You know, maybe this year's the year they get over the hump. And if you're on that level, you need to recruit on that level to continue it long-term. I, I think Penn State, like this year conservatively – if they don't win at least nine games in the regular season, it'd be a pretty big disappointment and probably 10. So they should be able to get a few of these kids down the stretch. I, I'm going to be surprised. Plus, 
I've said this on your show before. This staff really does their due diligence and they get after it in every single state they recruit. So they're going to pull a surprise somewhere down the stretch. It's just a matter of who. Any names that you think Penn State just should at least push for the most? The guys that we've already named or maybe there's someone that Penn State fans should be made aware of? I just think the guys they're going after. I mean, you still recruit Dylan Stewart and guys like that. Obviously, that that speaks yeah. to itself. Um, but no, I mean, you got to. Again, you made a good point about a weight developer. There could be a DC kid that fits that. It could be an Atlanta kid. You got to find guys that are going to help your roster and help your win loss total. So wherever that young man might be, that's where Penn State needs to be. That's going to do it for another Locked On Nittany Lions podcast. Make sure you like this episode, share it with friends and family. Again, comment what you think about this class of 2024, what you think. This is an open Penn State discussion, what you think they need to do to really solidify the class of 2024. Brian, this was always a lot of fun. Recruiting is going to continue to unfold. It's not in the forefront anymore since the summer's coming to a close, but I can't wait to get your perspective again. And I'm pretty sure we're going to be talking conference realignment in the not-too-distant future. You betcha. Look forward to it.